The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. Rolling solo tonight. We are here post game. We, not we. I am here post game. After the Grizzlies beat the Sacramento Kings 124 to 110. Moving to 500 on the season, 11-11. That is good for ninth place in the West now. My weekly prediction is off to a rough start. I did not think that the Grizzlies were going to win this game. The Kings had been playing pretty good basketball. They're on a little bit of a skid right now. But they had a good stretch there. Uh, Just did not have it tonight. The Kings did not shoot the ball well. From three, they're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league, and the Kings uh, were eight for 33 from three tonight, and they they managed to bring it back to 50% from the field. They were not there at the half. They were really struggling in the first half. They were around 36% in the first half from the field. So credit to the Grizzlies' defense. Done a great job disrupting the this Kings team not allowing them to get comfortable, not allowing them to play at the pace that they wanted to pay at, uh, excuse me, play at. Well done. You know, defense is key. Sam and I talk about that on the uh, weekly preview show. We talk about defense a lot because when the Grizzlies are playing good defense, this team is, I mean, it, it, it sounds kind of, uh, I don't know, cheesy, I guess. You know, when they're playing good defense, they're just better. It's the truth. Uh, you know, Grizzlies, I say great job on defense. They held Buddy Hield. He was one for eight from three, two for ten from the field in total. Eight points is all Buddy Hield scored. De'Aaron Fox, 23-9 and nine tonight. Rashawn Holmes didn't really have a great game. He was uh, yet 13 points. Didn't do much on the boards. He only had two rebounds. Halliburton had 22 points, four rebounds, four assists. Guys, if you have not watched him, if you've not been watching any Kings games, he has been an absolute gem for the Kings. That's one of the better picks of the drafts of the draft outside of uh, you know. Of course, I'm going to be slightly biased because of what the Grizzlies guys are doing, but Tyrese Halliburton has been phenomenal this year for the Kings, and he showed up. Showed up against the uh, the Grizzlies. Just wasn't enough. The, the Grizzlies dominated this game. They uh, controlled it for the majority of the game till the fourth quarter, and they got a little bit of lax, let the Kings crawl back into it. At one point, the Kings were within 10, and thankfully the offense managed to turn it back on just enough to uh, keep them at bay because I did not think – that was going to be the case. The Grizzlies, the Brevin and Pete were talking about it. They had a 20-point lead in that building last year and managed to lose that game. Didn't do it tonight. Here's the deal with the Grizzlies. 30 assists. They had 31 as a team. That's a good number for them. You eliminate... The crap loss to the Lakers because of the, well, whatever reasons. 
the Lakers game is the only time this season that they have had 30 assists as a team and lost the game. Tonight, if you remove that Lakers game, tonight would have made them 8-0 with 30-plus assists. They're 8-1. and one. Still a pretty solid record when you get to 30 assists as a team. Uh, seven guys in double figures. Ja Morant, 16 points, 10 assists. Seven for 18 from the field. Still not really efficient from the field. I would love to see that go up some. And I really, I think it will. I think that you will see Josh field goal percentage start to trend upward for a couple of reasons. The number one reason is stuff that I watched him do tonight that I think would be huge for his game moving forward if he starts to take more of those shots. And that that shot, those shots are the mid-range floater, the you know six to ten foot floater. Whenever he penetrates, gets in the paint, and he doesn't quite engage the big man. If he gets to where he can consistently knock down that shot, and his, you know he he does pretty much on a regular basis knock that shot down. But if he works on that and gets that locked in. That can be a sweet spot. He gets to that spot a lot. And if he can do that consistently, you're going to see his field goal percentage go, go up. You know, you, you add, you know, seven for 18 from the field. You take away the threes. Threes, he's been working on that, but that just has not been a part of his game. But you take the three threes out, that takes him to seven for 15. He realistically could have made a couple more of those little floater shots tonight. And that takes him for a a 9 for 15 game. Even if you add the threes back, that's 9 for 18. And he's at 50% from the field. And it's a 20-point game with no threes made. Just making a couple more of those little floaters in the mid-range. I think he will get better for you know, Like, as he learns to take what the defense has given him, He's going to work on those shots to improve to where he's hitting those at a much higher clip. And we'll see that field goal percentage raise. Grayson Allen, 10 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal. Dylan Brooks started off 18 points in the first half. Got in foul trouble. He finishes with 22 on 10 for 20. 50% from the field. Good game from Dylan. Foul trouble. Took him out of the game. I wonder what this stat line would have looked like if he had missed out on a couple of those stupid fouls. think this could have been a, a lot beefier line from him. He had two fouls over the span of, man, I want to say it was like 25 seconds that put him on the bench for an extended period. And it was just bonehead stuff like I like Dylan. I like what he does. I like that he plays how he plays. Likes that he play. I like that he plays with intensity. But sometimes he just makes bonehead, just stupid fouls. And tonight was one of those nights. Kyle Anderson, most improved player, seventeen points, six rebounds, four assists, four steals, and a block, filling up the stat sheet. Three for three from three. The slow-mo sniper is alive and well. Sloth Curry. <laughs> Man, that that's good stuff. Uh, Sane had retweeted that. I can't remember the guy's name that uh, originally said that, but uh, 
I don't know that I will ever refer to Kyle as anything other than Sloth Curry moving forward. It's glorious. JV, 12th double-double of the season, 25-13, two assists, and a technical foul. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Xavier Tillman, 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal. Brandon Clark, 13 points off the bench, four rebounds, four assists. John Conchar had seven and one. Tyus Jones did not score tonight. He was 0 for 7 from the field. Still found ways to positively impact the game. Three rebounds, four assists, two steals. Sean McDermott cannot understand why Sean McDermott is playing and Gorgie is not, but it is what it is, man. Uh, Two points, four rebounds, and a block from him. Let's go back to JV and the technical foul. Fourth quarter, Me Too dunks the ball, kind of comes around. He can hold on to the rim. He's he's protecting himself there. No problem with that. But uh, no reason for his leg to go over JV's shoulder there. Could JV have handled it differently? Sure, he could have. How would I have handled it? I would have powerbombed the crap out of that dude. I would have been ejected from this game and probably had a massive fine. JV didn't like it. He kind of slung him a little bit. Me too ended up on the floor. It was a, a technical foul, but that was it. Some of the Kings fans were a little upset that it wasn't more than what it was. But honestly, it could have been worse. Could have been far, far worse. It was not acceptable for that dude to end up with his legs over JV's shoulders. And again, somebody does that to me, they're probably going to have a concussion because I'm powerbombing them. It's going down. I might end up with a concussion when I get jumped because I powerbomb somebody on the basketball court. Sure, that would be frowned upon, but uh, I'm not a horse. JV is not a horse. We are not here for you to ride. Just crazy stuff. But then the tables turn. A few plays later down the floor, JV dunks it, comes spinning around. <laughs> and he uh he swings his legs over Corey Joseph. Yeah, Joseph just took it like a champ. He was fine. He didn't didn't overreact. Nothing went on. Kings call a timeout directly after that. And you can see the Grizzlies guys kind of laughing as they're going to the bench because they they knew what was up. Love the way that JV plays the game. Just that that play was stupid in general. I, I don't know. Like, he did dunk on him. So, you know, you could have celebrated, flexed in his face. You could have done a number of other things other than put yourself at risk putting your uh, leg over a seven-footer's shoulders. JV just kind of slung him off. Yeah, that that definitely could have been far, far worse. My weekly preview is off to a terrible start. Glad that the Grizzlies won this game. I'll take it, though. I'm fine with my weekly. You know, like my my prediction for the week was was 3-2. And And they are off to a great start to get us to that. We'll see what happens moving forward. The next couple games, not going to be so easy. The next one is a, at home Tuesday against the Pelicans. 
And then they did move the OKC game to an 8 o'clock start time because it is a back-to-back. That's a plus. Give them a little bit of uh, extra rest. I don't know that it's going to help. Back-to-backs are going to be tough. That OKC game will be, even though it's a team that the Grizzlies should beat, it'll be a tough one for them to win. I want to see more of this. Say, and I kind of I'm bouncing around a little bit, so I apologize. I generally try to stay a little more organized, but I'm rolling solo tonight. I've got nobody to help keep me on track, so I'm going to. I'm going to bounce wherever I want to because I can. Seven guys in double figures. When you are depleted like the Grizzlies, this is the kind of production that you need. This is. You need the guys to play unselfish unselfish basketball and have multiple guys scoring in double figures. You look down across the box score, great box score tonight. Everybody that played significant minutes, with the exception of two guys, had two-plus assists. Moran had 10. Grayson Allen, three. Dylan Brooks had two. Kyle Anderson, four. JV Tillman, two apiece. Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones both had four. Conchar McDermott didn't have an assist. But that just shows you these guys are moving the ball around, creating offense off of the pass, and getting better looks. This is one of the things that that I talked about that I get furious because there's been a couple games that the Grizzlies could have won where early on they were moving the ball. The Pelicans game... And the Raptors game in particular, those two games, the Grizzlies could have won those games. But the ball movement just went away for whatever reason. I can't tell you why it happens. I don't know if they get in panic mode and they start to try to force stuff. Not 100% sure. But if you go back and you watch those games, you can see that the Grizzlies offense was effective early. And then late in the game, The ball movement cuts down. The scoring cuts down. They end up losing the game. It's enough to drive you crazy. If you look at it, if you pay attention to it, it's enough to drive you insane. Again, I will sit here because they hear me through my TV. You got to get that. If you don't have that feature, get Alexa. Yep, get it on your TV. that They can hear you screaming through the TV. They'll fix it. Not even close. Not even close. Another thing that happened tonight, speaking of ball movement, there were a couple times when JV had mismatches down low. There was one, he had Harrison Barnes, and he was just manipulating him wherever he wanted to go. Dylan had the ball, and JV never got it down low. He, I take that back. He did get it down low on an offensive rebound and a putback. Cannot wrap my mind around why in the heck they can't get him the ball when he's got a mismatch down there. Big game from him tonight. Another double-double, number 12 on the season again. Did I even say the final score of the game? 124 to 110, final score. Grizzlies moving to ninth place in the West. Half game back of the Golden State Warriors. 
I'm not going to be negative tonight. A win is a win. Super excited they got the win. I'm glad that they beat this team. Didn't think it was going to happen. They have struggled in Sacramento last few years. I want to say Pete said on the broadcast, the last time they beat them in Sacramento was 2017. So good on the Grizzlies for turning that around. Hooray for the uh, the good ball movement tonight. They out-rebounded them 43-33, out-rebounded them by 10, 31 assists, 10 steals, 2 blocks. Grizzlies shot 53% from the field, 42% from 3, and 79% from the free throw line. Early in the game, I was worried about the rebounding. There was one possession early in the game. The Grizzlies had the lead. They started off well. Grizzlies had the lead. The Kings got two offensive rebounds on one possession and ended up, I think Buddy Heald ended up scoring the basket. And I'm like, man, they cannot do this all night. This will be a long night. They will not win this game if that's how they uh, move forward. And then from there, they really were significantly better. They got the two offensive rebounds on that one play. And they ended the night with five. And by that, I mean the Kings. I guess I could have been a little clearer. So the Kings, they had two early in the first quarter, two offensive rebounds. They only get three the rest of the games. The Grizzlies cleaned that up. And it was imperative that they did. If they didn't clean that up, and they gave Sacramento second chances all night long. We'd have been talking about a different uh, score, different final. My tone probably would have been slightly different because I probably would have been ticked. Not ticked off tonight. I, I, do we see McDermott moving forward from here in the next few games, is McDermott going to be in the rotation? Is he going to be... Like, why is he not in the G League bubble right now? John Tay Porter has a contract that is not a two-way contract. He is in the G League bubble. McDermott, McDermott is on a two-year, two-way contract, and he is currently with the squad. I don't get it. It is a good thing the more minutes McDermott plays, the less minutes the better players are playing right now. And with five games in seven days, these guys are going to have to find rest wherever they can get it. That's the positive. That's where I'm going to go with that. Gorgie didn't even see the floor tonight. I, he's not on the injury report. Again, I, I've, you know, I've said this a few times this season. He's, he's not part of the future. Gorgie is not part of the future. It will surprise the hell out of me if Gorgie is still on this team after the trade deadline. Completely, one hundred percent believe that he is in some way, shape, or form sent somewhere else and some type of trade just because the expiring contract is valuable. 
where that is, couldn't tell you. It doesn't even have to necessarily be a a team that is a uh, you know a team that's doing win now stuff. They could just be somebody trying to free up free up contracts. Face, you know, I I don't know, I don't have anything in mind really, any team in mind of where he could go. Because of the traffic jam of talent that the Grizzlies have, he may end up packaged with one of these younger guys to get assets in return or land somebody that the Grizzlies like better than the guy that they're sending out with Gorgon in order to match contracts. Again, I, I don't know. It's just... The moves that the Grizzlies have made with the front office that they have now leads me to believe that there's going to be some sort of movement by the time we get to the trade deadline. A lot of talent on this team. Not enough time on the floor for all of it. So somebody at some point is going to have to go. Who that's going to be outside of Gorgie, I genuinely have no idea. Genuinely just couldn't tell you. Like it's... Who do the... Who does Jenkins like? Who does the front office like? Obviously Jenkins likes Grayson Allen. Injuries, yada, yada, yada. Maybe you don't see Grayson playing as much if everybody's healthy. But that wasn't the case last year. He liked Jenkins, or Jenkins likes Grayson. He was playing the way Grayson's been playing. I'm 100% fine with him being on the floor. He deserves to be out there. Who knows? It's going to be a fun ride to watch, to be on as a Grizzlies fan, as somebody that's creating content for the Grizzlies. I love the opportunities that it gives us to sit here in theorycraft and play armchair GM. Are they going to package Gorgie and send him to Detroit and get Blake Griffin, a young player, and a pick? Probably not. The Grizzlies don't really need Blake Griffin. It's just freeing up. It's freeing up space for Detroit. You know, there's been talks about that. But maybe the Grizzlies are okay with eating some of that contract with Blake Griffin and getting the young player and the asset. That's more than likely not going to happen, but it's just something I wanted to throw out there. Because I mentioned it before that the Pistons were interested in moving Blake Griffin and they had talked about attaching a young player and or possibly both a pick in order to move that deal. What does Detroit have to offer? They have first round picks. I'm sure they do. They have plenty. They have uh, plenty of picks available. They've got 11. It looks like they got a couple second rounders in the 2021 draft. 2022-2023 first round pick. They got a, a pick swap, basically 2023 second round, the better of Cleveland or Golden State. 
There's a lot of stuff out there. And I don't like they're probably not gonna have to give up a first round pick in order for somebody to take Blake Griffin's contract. Or they may. Blake he he has fallen over the last few years, he, he has had a huge plummet in his productivity and what he can bring to the game. If he's on a team where he's a bench player and he's only playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night, can he ramp it up and play at a higher level? Who's to say that he can't? I'm not one that I'm not going to say that he can't. It is a possibility. Blake Griffin has changed his game from the explosive high flying dunk it all the time type guy to he's developed a jump shot now. He can facilitate. He can do other things. Don't know. If you were a part of the Grizzlies Clippers rivalry and there's any talk of Blake Griffin coming to Memphis, you're probably ready to shoot me right now because you're like, forget Blake Griffin. I hate him. And that's fine. I understand rivalries cut deep sometimes. I've never hated him. He's done some stuff that I didn't like throughout his career, but he's never been a guy that I just absolutely hated. I've wanted to go and watch him play live because I have kind of, you know, from his days in Oklahoma to the dunk contest and all the stuff that he done. I've enjoyed watching him even through the Grizzlies rivalry because I can remove myself from that. You know, like this whole, the Grizzlies Pelicans thing with the, the extreme hatred for Zion, and I don't get it. There's so many people that are like, oh, he's garbage, he's trash, and I know it's trash talk, but it scares me because I'm like, do you guys really not see his talent? Do you not see that Zion is uh, an extremely talented young man and brings a lot to the game? Trust and believe that I'm as sick of the mainstream media trying to shove him down our throat as you guys giving them 467 televised games and the Grizzlies none. Like I understand, believe me, it ticks me off as well, but you can't deny that the guy is talented. You can, but you're wrong. I'm running off. This is a post game. I'm talking about other stuff. I'm going to get out of here. I got nothing else on tonight's game. Again, final score, Grizzlies win 124 to 110. Improved to back to 500. They're 11 11. Good for ninth in the West. Next game, revenge game, Tuesday night at the FedEx Forum. Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans. Round two, Grizzlies, let's freaking get it. Do not lose this game. You can get the show on Twitter. It is at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Sam is SammyB1118. Our reoccurring guest that's been here a lot lately, I'm going to throw his Twitter handle out there. He's super active. Great follow if you're not already following him. Mr. Isaac Simpson. He is at Isaac underscore Rivals. Go check him out. We're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, go through. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.